What's up, Dot Nation? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Dot. And this is kind of a special episode because we're not necessarily interviewing anybody. It's just I've had a ton of life experiences lately that has been reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. Some revelations that I've had, some epiphanies that I've had about this subject. And I really felt the need to share with you. I know that in the past I have shared these these thoughts and these opinions and these theories with you. And it's been really, really helpful. For example, the last one that I did was about distortions in the mind and mental health and how that plays into your music. And a lot of you really, really like that. A lot of you really, really appreciated my views on that and my experiences with that. And today, because it's so close to my heart and it's actually very raw right now with this subject, I felt the need to talk to you, Donation, about this and to share my experiences with it and my perspectives with it. And it's about death. And that's a big undertaking. There's a lot that goes into that. But I've recently had a lot of experiences with this. And I think that it would be really beneficial to share those experiences. Now, I do have a few disclaimers with this before we're going forward. I am not trying to suggest that I have all the answers with death. I'm not trying to suggest that I have the right answers about death. I am not trying to suggest that um, that my opinion is the last thing to say about this. It's more so I want to share my experience with this because I do have a unique experience, one that I have come to realize that not very many people have experienced before. Like when I explain how many deaths I have experienced, they're like, that's insane. You have, you've literally experienced more death than me and my parents and my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles and my cousins and my friends combined. And it's like, yeah, kind of. I mean, that's, that seems to be the common realization for me after I kind of explained my experiences. Um, another disclaimer that I have is that this is really heavy. There's a lot of really deep things that we're going to be talking about and very uncomfortable things, if I'm being real, because death is usually not that not that comfortable to talk about. And then finally, I do need to mention that a lot of my beliefs do come from my spiritual beliefs. If that offends you, if that freaks you out, if that is just something that you don't want to partake of, by all means, you do not have to listen or watch this if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. But I do think that is incredibly short-minded, and I do think that that's really not that helpful. So many of my realizations and my logic and my and my knowledge of death has come from listening to people that disagree with me that have different spiritual beliefs than me and it's been very very fruitful to listen to them and I'm so glad that I did and really I hope that you do the same to be able to come out the end to to hear my opinion and my logic and my theories with this kind of stuff and then judge for yourself be like yeah I agree or I disagree but not you know cup your hands over your ears and live in your echo chamber of just what you believe. I don't think that's very helpful at all. Not just with not just with death, but just like in general. That's that's a much bigger topic. Anyways, anyways. So there's just a few disclaimers. So before I get into my specific view on death, I do want to explain why I have a different perspective on it. And that is because I have a very unique experience with all of this. I've been around a lot of death. I grew up in a very small town called Fayette, Utah, which has a population I think of currently right now is the 2020 census is like 239, right? I grew up in a very small town. My family founded that town back in the 1800s. And my family helped find the town that was the next big town that was next to us, which is Gunnison, Utah, which has like 5,000 or 3,000 people or something like that. And you can't grow up in a town that your family founded over 100 years ago without growing up surrounded by an astronomical amount of family. It's like, dude, I had so many cousins. I had like 60 cousins amongst that whole region. And I had so many, and I'm, I'm not just saying like second cousins, I'm talking about like distant cousins, a third, fourth, 
all that stuff, you know, distant, right? But I had tons of aunts and uncles and grandparents that I grew up around. And you can't grow up in that kind of situation without being constantly surrounded by death. There's no way that you can be around that much family and someone not dying in the time that you are alive. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. I think me and my sister calculated this, but by the time that we were out of high school, we went to like 20 or 30 funerals, both combined with family and with friends and loved, other loved ones and so on and so forth. So I've seen a lot of death and people were like, wait, 20 to 30 funerals by the time that you're 18? It's like, yeah, and we may be undercounting to be frank. I mean, we've been to a lot of funerals. I've lost grandparents, I've lost aunts, I've lost uncles, I've lost cousins to all kinds of stuff, to natural causes, to cancer, to suicide. I've lost a father figure that was the main father figure in my life through my entire, yeah, yeah through my life, yeah. I've lost people that I've went to school with from car crashes. I've lost people, again, from suicide at a very, very young age. I've lost, I gotta say this carefully or I'm gonna lose it. I've lost a daughter. And one of the main reasons why this particular subject is so weighing so heavy on me right now is because last night we buried, I, I gotta be careful, I don't wanna lose it. Like, oh gosh. Last night we buried my niece. That's a whole different, just absolutely brutally insane story. Um, just a freak accident of freak accidents. My sister went in to give birth to my niece, Vela. Tons of just freak accidents happened. And unfortunately, the baby didn't make it. And so last night, we buried her. And it really reinforced my experience with death because... I view death completely differently than most people. In fact, I would say I even view death differently than most people that believe in the same thing that I do, in the same religion that I do, the same spirituality that I do. And it really kind of is perfectly illustrated in this story that I recently just had with my wife's cousin. We were at a family reunion and I was speaking with him and he was explaining why he's originally from St. George, Utah. And for those who don't know, that's very like Phoenix slash Las Vegas-esque. It's very deserty. Uh, it's very hot. There's not a lot of life going on there. And so when he moved up here to where we live in Northern Utah now, he's like, I love this place. There's so much life. There's so many trees and you can go out hiking and there's so many animals. And he's like, I love the life here. And I said, I love that as well. Like it's, it's fantastic to go out there and see all the wildlife and the trees and bushes and all that kind of stuff. I know people were like people from like Oregon are just scoffing. It's like there's vegetation in Utah. Are you joking, Wyatt? Have you been out here? And I know, but for Utah standards, just roll with me, right? I, I told my wife's cousin, I was like, you know, I agree. Being in that environment in Northern Utah helps me connect with the concept of life, the concept of creation, of breathing, of living, of existing. And I love that. But the reason why I love somewhere like St. George or Phoenix or Las Vegas is because it helps me connect and retain that relationship that I have with death. Her cousin was like, you have a, what do you mean you have a relationship with death? Like that's very culty. That's very weird. That's very strange. And I said, I, I, you're right from the outside looking in, that's, that's pretty freaking weird, but I don't see death the way that saying this, the way that some people do. I actually see death 
as a beautiful thing. I guess the best way to put it is for those of you who have read the Harry Potter series, when it's talking about the Deathly Hollows, right? The entire concept of the Deathly Hollows was to avoid death, right? The Elder Wands, the Invisibility Cloak, and the Ring all allowed them to avoid death. But eventually, they all died. And the last one that lived eventually met death as an old friend. He greeted death as an old friend when the time came. Ultimately, that has helped me with death because I, I'm sure death isn't a person, but I kind of conceptualize death as a person and I kind of see them as an old friend because what death does, if you think about it, is actually in a lot of ways very merciful. Death stops pain. Death stops suffering of the individual. We're not talking about the families or the loved ones that are left behind. That's a completely different story. But for the individual, it stops pain. It stops suffering. It takes them out of this world, which is very corrupt and very messed up in a lot of different ways. It is actually very, very merciful. In our society, we are taught to hate death, to reject death, to despise death. And I'm not saying that we should seek death. I'm not saying that. But we were taught to just, it is the worst thing that could ever happen. Death is the worst thing that could ever happen to someone. You know, in most cultures in the world, they don't view it the same way that we do here in the United States. There's literally an entire day in Mexico where they celebrate their dead, where they honor their dead, where, where death is this thing that is beautiful. It's called, um, it's kind of the equivalent of Halloween, but it's called Dia de los Muertos. I grew up around a ton of Mexicans. So I saw this firsthand. A lot of other cultures in the world, they're not taught to fear death, not taught to seek it, but just know that it is not only natural, but it's not to be feared. It's something to gain a relationship with just like we gain a relationship with life. Because if you reject death, get roll with me on this, it's a little deep. But if you reject death, by consequence, you reject life as well. You cannot hate one and love the other. You cannot love one and hate the other. They're part of the same whole. If you drove to Utah right now, let's say that you were in Nevada. You're driving from Nevada into Utah right now. You cannot leave Nevada and not enter somewhere else. You have to go somewhere else, right? You either got to go to Arizona or New Mexico or or your Utah or wherever else, right? You cannot leave something and enter and not enter into something else. And I view that same logic with life. You cannot leave somewhere and not enter somewhere else. Now, this is where you're like, okay, why? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't believe that. That's just a whole bunch of spiritual mumbo jumbo. And that's fine if you choose to believe that. However, I do want to point out the logical inconsistency with that thought process. And this is something that was explained to me a long ago. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. And by the way, this was explained to me by someone that was not in my particular faith. And I agreed with them. See, we can listen to other people that do not believe that do not believe the same thing as we do on a spiritual level and find a lot of knowledge and wisdom. But it's basically this. You, Donation, are entitled to have whatever spiritual belief that you so desire. You can believe whatever you want about what happens after death. But the notion, the suggestion that obviously there is nothing after death. Clearly, with all the evidence that has been given, there's nothing after death. That you just go in the ground and you just stop existing. Obviously, obviously, that is the clear path given all of the logic and the facts and evidence. What logic, facts, and evidence are you referring to? This is something I've asked people before that they have explained many times why I don't believe that there is anything after death. I don't believe that, that there is life after death. I don't believe that there is a God. I don't believe that there is a heaven. And I say, that's fine. You don't need to believe any of that stuff. What logic, what, what are you referring to that there is nothing after this life? 
And very quickly, the common answer is, well, science says that. Science is, is what brings that up. It's like, okay, what's, what scientific experiment has, you know, killed 100 people and then miraculously brought them back and they all and they all talked about what happened after they died and it was all very very consistent when has that happened when was the last time that you know Yale University examined everyone that has died over the last thousand years and their experience of what happens after death and it came up with a conclusive research paper when was the last time that someone died in your life and was miraculously brought back and they looked in your eyes and said guess what nothing happened I was dead I don't remember anything but more than likely that hasn't happened in fact the vast majority of the time it's the opposite they say they had a near-death experience. There was a bright light. I've actually researched this a lot. It's, it's kind of bonkers. Anyways, so the ultimate point that I am trying to point out is that if you believe that there is nothing after this life, that is completely fine. You are entitled to your opinion, but understand that you have to have just as much faith believing that there is nothing after this life as a faith that you would have to have to believe that there is something after this life. This notion that obviously it's the clear scientific answer that there is nothing after this life. There's nothing that your conscience or your spirit or whatever else you want to say just stops existing and that there is nothing. You have to have just as much faith in that as believing that there is something after this life. And that's what blew my mind is that it's the same faith. You have to have the same faith in your particular belief of what happens after death as anyone else does. So then that beckons the question, why believe that there is nothing when you can believe that there is something? This is the same argument that says, why believe that when you put out that song that no one is going to like it, no one's going to listen to it, it's not going to connect with anyone, everyone's going to make fun of you, everyone's going to hate it. In fact, people are going to spend money to run ads to make fun of you for, for the music that you created. They're going to slander you, they're going to bash you, they're going to throw your name into the dirt and drag you around to the point where you are suicidal and you hate life and there's nothing left to live for. Yes, you can have faith in that future if you want to, or you can have faith in the future that you can put the music out, that it is going to help you, that it is going to help other people, that it is going to connect with other people and people are going to love it. Which path do you want? It's the same faith to believe in both concepts. Which one are you going to put your faith in? You don't have any data or evidence to suggest that one or other is going to happen. Why is there any inherent value in believing the obviously worse option? And that is where my belief in death is truly rooted in. I mean, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, what objectively sounds better? And I say this as a parent and as someone who has lost a tremendous amount of people, you tell me what objectively sounds better. The fact that you can never see your loved ones again, that you can never talk to them, never spend time with them again, never hug them, never do anything with them ever again, that there is no reason to this life, that once you die, it just ends. All this time that you spent on your life here was for nothing. There's no bigger plan. There's no bigger purpose. And that this is all just basically for nothing. Or that you do get to see your loved ones again. That you, get, that you do get to spend time with them, that you get to hold them and talk to them and love them just as you had in this life, that there is progression after this life, that there is a bigger purpose, that there is a bigger meaning for you being here and that you being here is actually imperative. Which one objectively sounds better? I can't answer for you, but I can only answer for myself. Obviously, the second option sounds way better. I feel like most people would agree with that. If, if they don't, that's, that's completely fine. And by the way, you can disagree with me. You can completely disagree with everything that I'm saying right now. You can say this is just stupid and that this is hopeful, that you're just saying this, Wyatt. You're just choosing to believe in something that makes you feel better. And to that, I could say, you could say that. You could say that I'm just choosing to believe in something that makes me feel better. But I will always do that when there is no clear answer. I will always choose to believe in the thing that makes me feel better when there is no clear answer or no clear path as to what the future holds. If I have to, if I have to choose between the two options of believing that my children will hate me when they grow up or my children will love me when I grow up, I will choose to believe the second. Why would I choose to believe the first? There's no inherent value in believing in that. 
There's a ton of inherent value that me and my children will have a wonderful life that will connect with each other, that will be close to each other throughout our entire lives. There's inherent value in believing that. So my suggestion is, why is it any different than death? Now, this is just looking at this through the logical lens. And if there's any logical inconsistencies with what I'm saying, by the way, please let me know. Like if you can prove to me, oh, by the way, Wyatt, there was this study or there is this factor, there, there is this evidence that nothing exists after life, then by all means, share it. But I can promise you as someone that has lived around a lot of death and has done a tremendous amount of research on this and spoken to thousands of people about their perspective of death, the best thing I can say is good luck because you're not going to find much. For me, this concept of choosing to believe that something beautiful is down the road or that there really is hope down the road or that there is something much bigger at play not only has been tremendously helpful for me throughout my life, but it has brought so much fruit into my life and so much benefit into my life because of it. When I started Donation five years ago, I had a choice. I could believe that this was just a complete waste of time, that people more than likely weren't going to like it, that they were going to hate it, that I was going to be made fun of, that I wasn't going to be appreciated, that no one was going to like this and it wasn't going to make an impact on anyone. I could have chosen that. I could have chosen that. Or I could have faith that it was going to affect people's lives in a positive manner, that was going to teach people a whole bunch of stuff about music production, that was going to connect the music producers that were crushing it with the music producers, with the music producers that want to crush it. And I could have faith that it was going to become this business that was truly going to help a lot of people. I could have faith in that. And I am so happy that I did. I'm so happy that I put my faith in something that was beautiful, that was beneficial, that was something to look forwards to. Because look, Look at everything that has come from this. Look at everything that has come from me having my faith that everything was going to work out. And that concept has applied to many different areas in my life, to parenting, to marriage, to relationships with other family members, obviously to, to, to business endeavors, to health, to spirituality. This, this concept of I don't know everything and I understand that there is a possibility that crap can go really south really quickly in the future, but I am not going to put my faith in that. I will prepare for it. If that happens, I am prepared to experience that and to deal with the consequences. But there is, in my opinion, no inherent value in putting more faith in a doomsday, tragic, apocalyptic future than to believe in something that is going to be beautiful and joyful and redeeming. That just, that just doesn't logically make sense to me to believe in the other. There's no inherent value. In fact, there is no... <laughs> <laughs> to make to take this even deeper, as someone that has been to counseling for over 20 years now, there's no psychologist or psychiatrist or psychologist on earth that is going to tell you that it is healthy to believe in the doomsday option. None of them are going to say that. You are actually, that's actually kind of plays back to the episode that I recorded forever ago, which was about distortions. That is a distortion. You're playing the future teller or the, or, the, or the fortune teller. That's what it's called. You're playing the fortune teller and you are assuming that the worst is going to happen, that there is no way that there is a good outcome, that there is no way that something beautiful is going to come from what is going on. That is a distortion. In my mind, in my mind, believing that there is nothing after death is that route, is that doomsday apocalyptic route. There's nothing. There's no future. You never get to see your family again. You never get to spend time with your friends again. You don't get to know the mysteries of the universe that you don't get to, that all this life was for nothing. You can choose to believe that, but I definitely 100% feels like that falls into the doomsday apocalyptic realm. You can disagree. That's completely fine. This concept applies not only to death, and I'm sure you kind of realize this, this is probably why I feel like we should be talking about this, but this concept applies on so many other levels besides death. 
Obviously, it applies to your music. Obviously, it applies to your health, to your life, to your relationships. And that's why I want to share this with you. My question to you, Donation, I'd love to hear from you. Please put it down in the comments, email me, do whatever you want to. But where are what are the areas in your life where you do have a doomsday view, where you do have an apocalyptic view, where obviously, where you're thinking to yourself, okay, obviously, this is the outcome. Obviously, this absolutely atrocious, horrible thing is going to happen, but it's not based off of facts or evidence or logic. It's just this inherent feeling that you have, or maybe it's what you've been taught your entire life, and you've just chose to believe, whether, whether consciously or unconsciously, you've chose to believe this. What are those things for you? It is completely different when you're talking about when there are things that are going to go poorly in your life based off of experience, evidence, facts. That is completely different. Like I know for a fact that if I eat cashews, I am going to have a very, very, very rough day because I am allergic to them. I'm not being doomsday about it. I'm not being apocalyptic about it. I'm not being negative about it. That is based off of experiences that I have, logic and facts and evidence that I have and experiences that I have, that when I eat a cashew, my throat closes off and I'm probably going to die unless I take something to stop me from dying. That is different than an experience where it's like, where it's like, I don't know, I've never had asparagus wrapped in bacon before. It's never happened. The apocalyptic view would be like, that's probably going to kill me. I'm probably going to choke on that. I'm probably, I'm probably going to die. I'm probably going to hate it. That's the, that's the equivalent of what I'm talking about. It's like, wait, are you allergic to it? No. Uh, have you had trouble with choking in the past? Well, no. Do you hate asparagus or bacon? Well, no, not particularly. It's like, well, then... <laughs> It sounds like you're choosing to have an apocalyptic view as opposed to looking at it through the eyes of logic and reason and evidence and facts and opinion or, or facts and experience. So what are those things? In, so yeah, that's what I was ultimately getting. What are those things in your life, Donation? What are those things in your life right now that you realize the whole time you're like, okay, obviously this negative thing is going to happen. You've been carrying around this bucket of anxiety with you, this bucket of depression or this bucket of darkness with you. But those things that you really, like, when you really stare them in the face, you're like, I don't have significant facts, evidence, experience, logic, or reason to suggest that this bad thing is going to happen. In fact, I'm choosing to believe that this bad thing is going to happen. Because I would suggest that those things in your life are not useful, that they're not helping you. They're not helping you grow. They're not helping you succeed. They're not helping you feel better or be happy or to gain relationships or to achieve your goals. And if they're not doing any of those things, I would suggest that maybe it's time to remove those things in your life, whether that is a view of death, a fear of death, a hatred of death. Maybe it's a view of your music career. Maybe it's a view of just having relationships in general. Maybe it has to do with finances. Maybe it has to do with collaborating. I don't know. It could be a whole wide range of things. But I would encourage you to take the very heavy, very clear and reflective mirror of, of reflection. Wow, good job, Wyatt. That was a really beautiful concept that you butchered, dude. Anyways, to really look in that mirror and be like, what are those things? Because I can guarantee you're carrying them around just like I can guarantee that I'm still carrying this doomsday apocalyptic view of certain things around in my life. But I suggest that as we find those things and as we destroy those things, we get rid of those things, we're going to be happier. We're going to be more successful. Things are going to come together much better. Anyways, to wrap this whole story up, this whole little concept up, as I shared that experience with my wife's cousin, I could just see his mind like fracturing and breaking and blowing up. And he's like, I've never considered that before. I've always just kind of hated death and and naturally kind of avoided it, avoided it or, or, or avoided the concept. But wow, when you put it like that, that makes it so much more beautiful. The death is actually this very merciful, this very beautiful thing that 
takes all of this pain, all of this struggle away from us and allows us to progress and to move to, to our next stage of existence, whatever you may particularly believe that that is. I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's ultimately what I'm talking about. So when I say that I go to Southern Utah to revitalize my connection with death, which is really funny to say, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It reminds me that death is an old friend and I respect death and the concepts around death as much as I respect life and the concepts around life because they truly are one and the same. You cannot love one and hate the other. It's impossible. Now, someone could bring up the counter argument, but, but why it? Like, how can you say that death is beautiful? It leaves this wake of destruction in the way. Or what about people that are murdered? What about people that are committing suicide? What do you say to that? How can you say that death is beautiful and still realize that these things happen in the world? And might I suggest that there is an improper use of beautiful things everywhere. Murder, suicide, untimely deaths, accidents. Might I suggest that maybe that is just an improper use of death. Just like rape is an improper use of sexuality, but sexual relations between two people who love each other is actually a very, very, very beautiful and bonding thing. There is a improper, distorted, extreme version of everything. And I think that murder is an extreme, nasty, disgusting version of death. Same with suicide. But I also kind of separate the act that brings on death with death itself. I kind of view those two things as differently because death... In my mind, the way that I kind of portray it in my mind is just the gatekeeper to the next life. It is something, it is a process that allows you to remove your pain, to remove your suffering, to remove whatever you have here and allows you to progress to the next, to the next life. In my opinion, again, disagree with me all you want. That's completely fine. Death itself is different than the thing that actually killed someone. So I don't see murder and death as the same thing. They do happen, obviously, at the same time, unfortunately, but they are not the same thing. Just how I see cancer and death as different. Suicide and death as different. Death is just the portal to the next life. The thing that causes death is completely different from the actual portal, if you will, if you, if, if you understand what I'm saying. I also need to mention that I'm not saying seek death. I'm not saying glorifying death. I'm not saying that killing or people dying is a beautiful thing. And I'm not trying to say that whenever someone dies, we're supposed to rejoice and and obviously have these beautiful feelings that they have died. Yes, they died at the ripe old age of 12. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that this happened. I'm not saying that. It's actually really, really messed up. I'm saying for the individual that has died, death is actually a beautiful thing. The wake of devastation that is left, the people that are left behind, to so the family members and the friends and the loved ones that are left behind, that's a completely different conversation. Though I'm very grateful and very happy that my niece is no longer in pain, that she is not suffering. And I am very happy that I do believe that I get to see her in the next life and I get to know her and I get to learn of her and learn who she is and what her personality is and spend time with her. Though I believe that I can also feel pain at the same time that she isn't here, that I don't get to have those experiences with her here. Just like I don't get to have those experiences with my daughter. Gotta be careful. I don't want to lose it. I can still be sad because of that. I can still feel a loss. I can fit, I can still feel like I miss them. Like it feels like a tragedy that they are gone. I can still feel that and still feel grateful that I get to see them again. I can feel two things at once. You know, your feelings are not binary. It's not just you're feeling one or you're feeling the other. There's a fusion of feelings that happens all the time. And that is what I'm feeling here. 
So no, I'm not saying seek death. No, I'm not saying be happy whenever someone dies. I'm not saying that. I'm trying to say there is a much, in my mind, it is a much bigger brained, much more mature, much bigger view of what death is and how it plays into everything. And in a lot of ways, how grateful I am for death because it allows us to remove that pain and that suffering that happens. And it allows us to move on and to progress into something that's bigger than just this life. If you've stayed with me this long, I really appreciate it. I really, really do. We, we have grown up in a society where as soon as someone starts bringing up an ideology that is different from yours or, or, or something that you don't agree with, the knee-jerk reaction is, well, don't uh, clearly don't listen to them. Obviously, leave and don't hear anything that is against what you believe to be true or, or what you suggest to be true or what you've been taught to be true. Clearly, don't do that. So if you've made it this far, and if you disagree with me, my hat is off to you. I'm not going to do that right now because bald head and such, but my hat is off to you to actually have listened to my belief and to and to what I have come to or what conclusions I have come to with death. Hopefully it's been able to help you and, and been able to enlighten you. And if you've made it to the end of this conversation, you're still like, no, I don't agree with anything that you're saying. I think this is a whole bunch of trash. I think this is just a whole bunch of spiritual mumbo jumbo that doesn't have any weight behind it. That's fine. You can believe that all you want to. I'm not saying that you have to believe any particular thing, but this is something that I am incredibly passionate about. This is something I have a tremendous amount of experience on. And this is something that Daw Nation, that you have actually reached out to me about before and wanted my perspective on. So here we are, right? I would love to know your perspectives on death. Do you hate it? Have you, have you been taught to fear it, to avoid conversation about it at all costs? Clearly, that is the number one thing to fear in this life. This is kind of weird to say, but the amount of people in this world that believe that there is something after this life is actually much, much, much greater than those that believe that there is nothing after this life. And I'm not trying to down people that believe that there is nothing after this life. But if you, take the, if you just take those two categories, you believe there's something, you believe there's nothing, the group of people that believe that there is something is much bigger. I'm not saying that they all believe the same thing. You know, a lot of people believe in, you know, in heaven or a celestial kingdom or reincarnation or um or Valhalla or or um Elysium or anything of that nature. Um, people do believe that there is something after this life. Anyways, I would love to know what your particular belief is of what happens after this life. And I appreciate you sitting here and listening to this. I really hope it has helped you. And in conclusion, you can choose to believe a doomsday apocalyptic view, which in my opinion, believing that there is nothing after this life is that. It's not a significant amount of evidence to suggest that there isn't anything after this life. You can choose to believe that outcome, an apocalyptic doomsday outcome, or you can choose to believe in something more beautiful. To me, there's inherent value and, and much more beautifulness and meaning when that route is taken. With whichever spiritual belief or, or, or thought of what happens after this life, that's up to you. But that's my thoughts and my concepts. Anyways, Donation, I really appreciate you listening to this. Hopefully this has really helped you out a lot. It's helped me out a, a lot just to speak about it. With everything that's been going on with my niece, it's been really freaking difficult. And to be able to express these feelings has actually been very, very helpful. So I hope you've been able to be helped as well. If you're not subscribed already to the podcast, please do so. Uh, we have a lot of beautiful content, not necessarily like this. This is more of the rarity, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys coming through and listening to this. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.